Namaste. So today we read one of the poems of Sri Aurobindo, Light. It's Diwali time, Deepavali, and everybody is lighting lamps, busy lighting lamps, but while keeping darkness <laughs> inside. <laughs> but why only be happy lighting a lamp? The age is gone when we would light a lamp in darkness. And when the lamp, the vicar is burnt, it's again night. We have seen that, civilizations lighting lamps and collapsing. Now we are entering a new age, not just lighting a lamp, but the blaze and trail of the supramental light, the light of the divine consciousness invading us, flooding us from head to toe and below. Light entering into the cave of darkness, light conquering the subconscious, light transforming the inconscient, waking it up, compelling it to change. We are living, entered into an age of light. So, lamp is old story, now it is sun itself. And in keeping with that, we read this poem. Now there are two poems of Sri titled Light. One is which he wrote at the age of 10, between 10 and 11, which was published also in Cambridge. It's an amazing poem. It's about Shubindu's avataric role, prophetic. But today we'll read the other one, the sonnet, which is not just a poem but an invocation of light. So light is an aspect of the divine consciousness. There is light, there is wideness. There is force, there is peace, ananda. But normally peace, wideness, light and ananda. These are aspects of the divine consciousness. And of course power is there which is there in everything. Light has its own power. So when you, when you read Sri he speaks of these four aspects of the divine consciousness. So what is light? Very often we think light is knowledge. But light is that which illumines the field. It prepares for knowledge. Knowledge is, if we have to equate it, it is truth. In the real sense, it is that which reveals to us the secret core of everything. Truth. Truth is not what we understand. But light is that which illumines. When light comes, sometimes we can become very uncomfortable. There is a story about a sadhika who came to mother and she says, I want to do yoga. She said, okay, stay on. And then after some time she says, what have you done? What has happened to me? Why? Before I did yoga, I was an ignorant person. And so everything was nice, all, everything is, you know, when we are in ignorance, everything is same. And suddenly she says, I began to become aware of many things within me, in people around me, of which I was not aware. And it has made me very uncomfortable, uncomfortable because your neat world collapses. First thing that happens when light comes, our neat world collapses because in darkness we make nice constructs. In darkness we have hidden dirt in the corner. In darkness we believe God does not watch us. So anything is possible. We can do anything in the privacy of our lives. But when light comes, have you seen when light enters old time houses, when light used to, I remember seeing it as a child in my own house when sunlight used to come in, it was a very interesting phenomenon that you would suddenly see in it many, many particles of dust. Even though 
parents were so much uh, cleanliness conscious and they would get cleaned and but you could see it it's not only when you actually it's not that during cleaning it's a different kind of dust which is coming but you could actually see in that light little particles of dust and it was a very fascinating sight fascinating that how does it happen i used to wonder where is this dust i don't see it but it is there somewhere when the sunlight comes you can see it it will literally like a ray so first thing that happens with the action of the light is we begin to see what we don't want to see it's very uncomfortable that's why many people don't want to take up yoga it's a very unconscious resistance they give all kinds of excuses for the delay but it's because suddenly we have built an image about ourselves to the world and we believe it is true it's like when you speak a lie too often you think it is true but when light comes suddenly that image is shattered and what you see behind may not be bearable one of the first thing that happens in yoga the first thing not one of the first thing shrimanda says when we step back and look at nature we become aware of the disorderly order we call it order outside people also think it is order oh what a life from morning to night but inside chaos nothing is in its place imagine if you go to somebody's house and you find shoes are on the topmost rack of an almira and the most beautiful books are thrown on the floor and ornaments are hanging around the neck of a animal creature pig and pulse are thrown before swines and we have treasured what what is worthless tinsels thinking they are very valuable this is our life and when light comes it shows us what they are suddenly we see what we thought as gems are worth nothing and what we had thrown away on the floor they are the real things oh i have kept like this now suddenly we become aware of a new order and we don't know where to begin and that's why there is grace there is love it left to man so light doesn't come to many people it's a i won't use the word it's a grace but it's uh, so they think my life is wonderful there are people who don't uh, even know that what they are call calling as wonderful is nothing but crass ignorance i often use this you know little thing from kabir i have seen this sight of a goat being taken for sacrifice and she is munching feeling very happy sitting inside on a luna that i am so nice if she could think she would have looked back because i was left behind in my on a reverie driving a scooter where this luna fellow is speeding ahead and this goat was looking at me it's a real sight and i thought she must be thinking how fortunate i am look at this man he is left behind and i am going ahead and if i could communicate with my smile ki yes you are going to be butchered you don't know that kabir says this jagat chabena kal ka kuch mukh mein kuch god कुछ मुख में कुछ गोद दिस वर्ल्ड इज ए फूड फॉर होम फॉर डेथ हाफ इट इज इटन 
40 years gone of life. 50 years or whatever we want to take as. And rest is in his lap. We think, ah, I am enjoying life. He is looking at you, your time. Time up every year it is swallowing. Little by little. It's a frightening sight but it's a true mystic sight. But we love to do that. We don't like to be in Divine Mother's lap where <laughs> she will give us back another, not just 50 years but a lot of other things which we have lost inside. So when light comes, all this is exposed to our sight. And then a great working starts. Unless we become conscious of what is inside us, how can we change? As long as we are only conscious of outside, it's so easy to blame, complain, grudge. It's not that when we withdraw from our outer existence, we suddenly realize the divine and say, Ah, I know, no, between this corporeal existence, this surface life and the divine, there is a lot of passages described in Sabitri in great detail of which we become aware of the resistances and it's, you know, it can be frightening. So when light begins to come, a passage begins to open. But few are ready to take to that passage, so they want to shut the door. But then again, there is love, there is grace. Left to man, to himself, it's very difficult. But when love carries us through that passage, it is wonderful. So we read this poem, Light, Light, endless light, darkness has room no more. Instead of piecemeal light in the mind, we are very happy only in the mind we want little light. Let's flood everything with that light. Let us see not only the mind and its smallnesses, dogmas, opinions, philosophizing systems in which it has trapped truth, but also let it come into our heart and show us our smallness, narrowness, selfishness. Let it come into the lower vital regions and show us all that dark, putrid mass which is lying there as knots and clots. Let it invade even the very body and show us what are the weak spots and what needs to be illumined. Light, endless light. Darkness has room no more. Life's ignorant gulfs give up their secrecy. Ignorant gulfs where snakes are hidden. Imagine if you tell somebody, you know, you are keeping a snake in your bathroom. See what happens after that. Whether he can ever go there or not. But we have such snakes in our bathroom, inside. Snakes and scorpions. When the eye of yoga opens, you can actually see them. This light is real. It's not imagination. But we need a subtle sight. Some have this because they are born with it. It is something like a faculty. In some it can open as a result of yoga and it starts by showing you little dots. Sometimes you see dancing in space and then you can see colors and then each color indicating a light and then there is a whole world of lights through which you can understand. People may try to deceive outwardly by charm and by impress you by their language and by their... Uh, impeccable manners by the car they come out with but you can't deceive a yogi so that is how mother says that when people are going to the supramental world she speaks about the boat so she says that she saw who are being accepted for the new creation who are being asked stay back and she says when I saw it I was seized with an uncontrollable laughter 
So she was asked, Mother, why this uncontrollable laughter? She says, you know what, the criteria is none of those things that we value here. We value moral, outward, charm. She says, no, they are mainly psychological. So that time she didn't elaborate. Later on, the disciple asked, Mother, what were those things that made you love? He says, there are things which human beings value a lot here in spiritual life. They have no value in that inner life, supramental life. So she was asked, what are those things? She gave two examples. One is ascetic uh, purity. By that is meant, I will not touch this, I will not do this, I will wear only this kind of cloth, I will put a vermilion stain, I will not, you know, everything, not, not, not. Life is that not, N-O-T becomes slowly K-N-O-T. And ascetic purity, I will wake up at this time, I will sit like this, it has no value for the supramental life. Second thing she says, the sanctity of marriage. Can you imagine what she was saying? Sanctity attached to marriage. She was not inviting us to become uh, desanctified fellows. No, she was saying sanctity is of love. If love is there in the heart, it is beautiful. But when love has passed away and two people are stretching endlessly, they be, what are they doing? It's a life of falsehood. They are deceiving each other. So she came to that not falsehood but to awaken the truth. She was not saying this that okay you can live life any which way. No. Love is beautiful. True love. Which is so rare in human beings. If you find it anywhere she says you, you must salute it. So what is the criteria then? She says the criteria is very different. Wideness, plasticity, equanimity. <laughs> the new creation doesn't ask how many times you did this? How many times you did that? What? Oh, you were wearing white all your life. Very good. You are in. Oh, you never went out to have food. You always ate pure vegetarian food. You are in. Nothing. What does it see? Whiteness. What does it see? Plasticity. Plasticity means ready to obey the divine command. And equanimity. And how did they judge it? They didn't do anything. They didn't ask questions. Tell me, tick, I will decide whether you have wideness, equanimity or not. None of those things. They just saw light. She describes that they saw the beings and they were scanning them. And she saw actually some beings, she says that somewhere from ashram, couple from outside, some from outside. And she says, I don't want to take names because she knew if she takes names, some people may feel scandalized. This person... <laughs> what about that person, great yogi? So she says, I don't want to scandalize. And she saw, she was the captain of the ship. So she saw that they were scanning and in some people, there was this golden orange light which had come up to the heart, in some people up to waist and in the leg, there was still dark spot. So wherever they saw that there are some dark spot, they would say, you go back. Means you have to come back again after training. You are still training. They are part of the program. Recruited. But not yet ready to cross over. But in others, to some others, they were saying, come. Because they were ready now. Who is ready for the new life? Mother says, when you understand that all the achievements of humanity... None of them can solve the human problem. Any achievement, politics, philosophy, 
science, as long as you think it may solve the problem, you are not in. As simple as that, you are not in. The moment you have seen through all this and know none of this can really solve the riddle of man, there has to be something else. It may be just a thirst. I want that something else. What is that something else? I want a new life. It may manifest through Bob Dylan's music or it may manifest through a person's heart. Ma, let this world be better. Cry for perfection. Cry for more beauty, true beauty. Cry for true love. You are in. So this is how light shows us a very different picture than to our ordinary mind. So those who have the light within, those who are aware of their psychic being, they can discover it. They can't be fooled by the show of devotion. They know what is what. So this light, Shurabindra is invoking, life's ignorant gulfs give up their secrecy. You can't hide anything more. Light has come. The huge inconscient depths unplumbed before, like glimmering in vast expectancy. You know, the, this entire Vedic experience, Sarma, the hound of heaven, the intuitive light comes and tells, hidden in the caves are the Panis, the Asuras, come out, we have a deal for you. What is the deal? You come out and surrender. So what will happen? You will be changed. Changed? We don't want to change. They start calling Sarma. You please come inside. We will give you riches of the world. Indra won't give you. Indra is see, using you to just mediate. What is the use? You come to us. We will make you queen of the three worlds. See, it's a very beautiful dialogue which takes place. Huh? This is not imaginary by the way. These words may be <laughs> a little bit. but So she goes back and reports to Indra. They are there. They don't want to come out. And then what happens? Light will invade the base. By the power of the mantra, the caves are broken. Or as in another story, Agastrishi drinks the ocean water. And by the power of the mantra, and all of them come out with the cows, hidden light. And they give up from their gulfs of secrecy. So what happens when light comes? Now Shurinda is giving us a very interesting thing. Expectant, inconscient. Oh, we have a chance to change. It's so beautifully described when Narada descends through the higher worlds to Vashupati's palace. And as he cried, the demons wept with joy. Why they are weeping with joy? Ah, finally our self-chosen task will come to an end. What was the task that the demons had chosen? To clean the gutters. <laughs> to drink the poison of the world. What do you mean by that? Well, who are the demons? Filled with bitterness, anger, fear, hate, spite, jealousies. So these demons who were keeping, somebody has to store that also, no? The poison of the world. So they are the ones who have kept it inside their hearts. So Shurabindu says admire also the titan because he is doing it. Not that this is a good work to do because Shiva does it, he does it consciously. But when the demons do it, they are unconscious. But when light comes, they say, ah, thank God this gutter is cleaned for good. In this gutter, who has come? Like King Bali entering into the subconscious, Narayana says, I'll be there. So what happens? That Patal Lok becomes more coveted than Indra Lok. It is said that Bali's kingdom was so opulent 
that even the gods when they went there they couldn't believe my god and who is the guardian of that world none else but lord narayana why because of his surrender so when he comes when the light comes even the gutter is a experience that everybody has in this yoga very common initially you will see in your dreams gutters sewers flowing all this and then snakes all this you'll see then after some time beautiful gardens nice places <laughs> why because the transformation is taking place so he's describing that like glimmering in vast expectancy they will be exposed you will suddenly see in yourself things which you thought are never there it can be very disconcerting we rush to put a lid on our own gutter but on somebody else's we point out see what a bad smell because bad smell is only what comes from there somebody else may say what's your bad smell yours sir <laughs> so you want to cover it with perfume but when the gutter opens so inconscient but this is not to become disheartened expectancy why he has opened the gutter because now the divine will apply to it the super detergent of divine love which will clean everything and what will be created there it will be more richer garden than the hanging garden of babylon or the garden of the gods so that's why vast expectancy inconscient opens up it but what happens it lie glimmering in vast expectancy unplumbed look it's literally the word which has never been measured which nobody has gone inside to see light timeless light immutable and apart which light is he drawing talking about that light which has seen the ages past timeless light so endless space the dimension of space right from top to the inconscient all domains so the first stanza is endless light second is timeless light this light has not come for a brief moment not like a little vision but the divine light he is speaking of the divine light which bears the ages in its bosom light timeless light immutable and apart the holy sealed mystery mysterious doors unclose this light was not accessible to man there are many kinds of light shobindo speaks about the blue light of shri krishna and shobindo the sky blue light which is a mix of blue and white which is the joint action of mother and shobindo green light green bluish light green white light brown light red light all kinds of light white light of the divine mother the golden light of the supramental which has been kept there white light yes but the golden light no it's kept inside the door white light whenever the divine has come divine mother she has brought with her but this time she wants man to bathe in the golden light so what happens the doors are flung apart and this golden light light timeless light immutable and apart that's why it is apart it has not yet come down it is hidden at the doors unclosed look at shobindo's language he could have used the word open leaving aside the poetic aspects why is he saying unclosed as if something which was closed deliberately and that has been unclosed why it was closed because it floods and invades human consciousness it may break down it's not easy as i said just to see the things in that light that's why yoga is not meant for all you have to have an adhikar bhed you can't breathe otherwise 
light, burning light from the infinites, diamond heart. Again, the diamond is the supramental. Shubhendra speaks of supermind as the diamond. He says it is hard as the diamond, harder than the diamond. It's so concrete, and yet it is softest of the soft. Both things are there in the supramental. The nature of the supermind, and when. The mother was asked about, not only that was asked about diamond light because she gave to Shubhendra society the symbol, you see, it's Shubhendra symbol but covered, it becomes a diamond. Have you noticed? Covered all around. So it was the diamond light. So it, not only that was asked, what does it mean? It says diamond light means the mother's light at its intensest. It's an intense action of the divine mother's light. So that diamond light which is intense, which enters flowing from the diamond heart Quivers in my heart where blooms the deathless rose. The deathless rose, we have read about it in Savitri, is the psychic being in man. And this deathless rose. Why? Because rose is the flower of love. It gives itself. And not only now, rose has always been used as a flower of love. Right from ancient Persia through the ages. And which is that part in us which embodies love and gives itself in love? It is the psychic being. The deathless rose. Always it gives and therefore always it blooms. Because we don't give, we want to hold back, therefore we die. You see a river gives so it runs. <laughs> so it's like that. So the sun keeps giving, <laughs> so it burns. Well, examples in nature, we can look at it either ways. But quivers in my heart. He is describing an experience. The first glimpse of the supermind can come through the heart. Mother speaks of it in uh, when she speaks of commentaries on the Dhammapad, that's in 57 58, that you can glimpse the supermind through the heart. There is a little window, otherwise, you cannot. You think by trying to climb through the mind? No, you cannot. The mind will reach into an abstraction, a cold void abstraction, will construct everything about the supermind and know nothing about it. But through the heart, you can have a glimpse of the supramental. And that's why the mother says the most difficult people to convert will be those who have worked too much upon themselves, the intellectuals. So who will be easiest to open? She says, the simple people with a heart. She says, even animals and plants will respond first. Poor us intellectuals. That's why I remember in the ashram when somebody tells, you know, oh, you are a great intellectual. Know that there is a, it's said with a touch of irony and Sarcastic comment. You think, ah, intellectual bola mereko. If you are thinking you are happy, go a few steps and then turn behind and you'll see him smiling. He's a khali intellectual. Hai. <laughs> he talks about yoga. We walk the path of yoga. Not knowing that this thought itself opens the door to the ditch. <laughs> you can walk and talk about the yoga. You can walk the talk. You can talk and walk about the yoga. Or you may talk and not walk yoga and you may walk and not talk about the yoga. So all possibilities are there. <laughs> but you can talk and walk. It's not like you are either talking or walking. But intellectuals only talk. That is true. They talk and talk and talk. and Words and words. Books. Analyzing the supermind. Even supermind has not analyzed itself this way. And if supermind were to ever read what he has written about me, he would say, Great sir, I am horrified. I have 
become aware of myself through your goodness self because supermind is a touch of humor thank you for making me conscious of what i am i didn't know that i am all these things <laughs> so this not against you know it's okay <laughs> but you should <laughs> look at the expression shubhendra is not saying light dancing on my head <laughs> light dancing on your head mother gives that image will make you quiet the day light dances on your head you will have this silence in the heart then you will speak but you will not speak from scholarly academic wisdom it will be light pouring in light manifesting through speech as the mother says in one of her experiences that yesterday i saw the efficacy of uh, prayer when she was asked to speak she said what will i speak it's an experience equivalent to Uh, Shurbindo, and see both it came through the heart. When Shurbindo was asked to speak, he said, "How will I speak? I have a silent mind." Says, "You bow down to the Narayana, where in the heart." And he did that, and speech came. And the mother says, "She said, 'What will I speak? I am not a speaker.'" And she was told, "You speak." So she goes there, and then she says, "The Lord, your light was manifested through the mouth." She could see that. So that is. light coming through the heart even in mantra many people talk a lot about mantra but they forget what shurbinder said it rises from the heart prayer rises from the heart you may analyze everything but if the heart is asleep so the deathless rose quivers in my heart where blooms the deathless rose it's blooming in us it's like a bud but in him it is blooming light in its rapture leaping through the nerves so we have seen different aspects of light itself what does light bring it bring joy when somebody asks the mother mother uh, i have become conscious of my faults she says rejoice now you have a chance of getting rid of them when we become aware that there is a fault inside us we should be happy that the divine grace has shown us what needs to be rejected or offered or transformed much better than living like ignoramuses that well i am wonderful everybody around but when light shows us when light comes it shows us all our insincerities some people get frightened but on the contrary it's a act to rejoice because we can offer it to the divine mother for transformation let it take whatever time it takes keeps off keep offering light and then what happens it it gives a rapture so the difference between true inspiration that's how we'll see in savitri that when oft inspiration with her golden feet when it comes what happens it was like a golden file of bliss it pours and you experience a joy so if you experience that rapture inside then you know that you are in the right state it's that true inspiration so here what does it do this rapture is coursing through the nerves this is literal the very nerves will experience that joy light brooding light each smitten passionate cell so nerves it is coursing but on the cells it is brooding look at the term brooding is like surrounding like a tapas it wants to enter it wants is watching over the cells because it wants to enter and change them in a mute blaze of ecstasy preserves a living sense of the imperishable suddenly the cells wake up wake up to what the sense of the divine presence within 
perishable. Normally they are destroyed, but they discover that no, there is a possibility that we need not be destroyed. Mother describes it at great length about this yoga of the cells. She says, cells which are transformed, then she keeps them aside. And then she picks up other group of cells. Then she talks to them. When they are ready open, she keeps them aside. So she creates, she is creating a whole being like that of the new cells. And then she says, what do I do with the other ones who are <laughs> refusing? It's a very interesting conversation. She says, okay, what happens after death? Decentralization. What happens to these cells? She is talking like that. Ki, okay, they can go into contagion. But then at another point she says, she speaks about switching over to a new body. Then she is asked that now the new body is formed. Why don't you leave? She says, you know, these cells which have been with me, what will they say? They also are expectant. She could have easily left. In 1972, we see she has seen a new body. And even before that, there are experiences. But she continues to stay. And when she is asked, so much agony, because toward the end, she is working on the hardest elements, totally refusing to change. She says, after all, they have been with me. She doesn't want to disappoint them. So she is pushing that light. And the cells suddenly respond with, ah, it hurts and aches. Again she pushes and again they respond. You know, those last few months, people who could hear on one side, Om Namo Bhagavate, Om Namo Bhagavate. On the other side, toward the later part, the cells, because they are not ready, especially the bones, they don't want that light. They have lived in darkness, they like to be. And every time she would push the supramental light, they would respond with a, Ah, oh. And she would not give up. She would say, make me walk. You know those last sentences? Prana, make me walk. Why? Because the legs, the inconscient, it is refusing the light. She says, why you will refuse? I'll push into it. It is only when it went to the ultimate limit, she knew that no, now it's no more. This much is what is done. It is done. Whatever maximum change could take place in the human body, it was done. And then they described that after that day, she suddenly became very quiet. For the next couple of days, she looked like a little baby. Why? Because she had known that the mission is over, finished. It's not that she said in this many words. Because she had done, transformed whatever could be. Toward the last six months, she was pushing into the inconscient. And then when it was like some cells were left as a residue. All this she speaks about, if you read through the agenda, you'll see. The residue, refusing to change. So she said, okay, fine. As, because now, you know, beyond a point. But it also means that there would be, because these cells correspond, the cells that refuse to change correspond to certain portions of creation, which will be destroyed, because they have refused to change. But there are others which have opened up and are ready for the new life. So that is the mystery of 17th November that you know she pushed everything and then to the extent that could be transformed was transformed, taken into the new life. And this experience of not only the way she says I have come back, I am in my new body, I am just the same, the same human and divine mother, you can relate with me just the same way which is described in that beautiful vision by Nalnida in his collected works of Nalnida, volume 6. So what is it? It sees there and number of people's experiences going on till now where she comes in a new body. 
बट वॉट वॉज लेफ्ट बिहाइंड वॉज द रेसिड्यू विच वॉज नॉट रेडी फॉर चेंज एंड ठीक है दे विल बी पोर्शंस इन कॉस्मॉस वेयर दे वुड बी ऑल दिस बट दैट्स ओके वेन यू लुक एट बिलियंस ऑफ ईयर्स ऑफ जर्नी फ्यू एलिमेंट्स सो दिस इज हाउ एंड शेड फोर्स इन ऑल दिस सी स्पीक्स अबाउट those which will be taken up in the new creation and there are portions which will collapse and will be integrated back into the animal world and portions which are perverted part of human consciousness he says they will be destroyed i move in an ocean of stupendous light this ocean of light is all around us above us why we don't see it we are shut in our ego imagine you know ever catch ourselves what we are doing when we are living life from morning to night all the time thinking about myself see said this you know it's so surprising i know someone whose birthday is next day but couldn't sleep whole night why x said this to me i said but nothing is there nothing has happened nobody has complained about you no mera ye problem hai i said yeah but you are here living here for decades i am nobody to counsel you you offer to mother tomorrow is your birthday be in that state offer whatever has happened it's okay see the resistance which can come and often just before birthday just before darshan days these things are very active so one should be very careful and so he goes to sleep he can't sleep so ultimately i had to say okay take a sleeping pill and sleep <laughs> and next day birthday there is some altercation with somebody else and the person feels that you know is better i quit and go away imagine the resistance that can come in human nature it's not about a person it's about the resistance in human nature it prefers to die than to be transformed by the light when mother was told this this is a story of a different and when mother was told about somebody she says they want to die and i tell them Yes, die. Then die to the ego. You want to die? Die to your ego. What does it matter? Who are you? Who said what? Finish. Die to the ego, and be born to the light. So I move in an ocean of stupendous light, joining my depths to His eternal height. So this light completely invades, and a new bridge through which everything else can pour. So I'll just read this poem now in one flow. then we'll stop light light endless light darkness has room no more life's ignorant gulfs give up their secrecy the huge inconscient depths unplumbed before like glimmering in vast expectancy light timeless light immutable and apart the holy sealed mysterious doors unclose light burning light from the infinite's diamond heart quivers in my heart where blooms the deathless rose light in its rapture leaping through the nerves light brooding light each smitten passionate cell in a mute blaze of ecstasy preserves a living sense of the imperishable it's passionate smitten 
it has given itself in that ecstasy i move in an ocean of stupendous light joining my depths to his eternal height i would like to close with a little experience from savitri of this light when it enters the inconscient and what it does how death is transformed it is a marvelous experience smitten yes this is exactly the same experience which is described light that's right page 667 now here it is deathless rose so it has given itself in ecstasy there is rapture let your light invade the base so this is a state which is described of the yogin and now the state of that which refuses resist to yield what happens then here there is ecstasy and what happens here page 667 light like a burning tongue licked up his thoughts this is now savitri licking up eating up by light you know kali's day diwali day mother kali destroying the demon here she is eating up by light light was a luminous torture in his heart here there is ecstasy why it is ecstasy because the deathless rose has bloomed and it is giving itself teri talwar ke niche nachiya karke chhaiyan chhaiyan here it is no 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 so there is luminous torture why the divine has come why is he showing me all this i was a good guy my neat world has collapsed yes it has collapsed because something much vaster and beautiful is to come but that is a leap of faith light coursed a splendid agony through his nerves look the difference rapture in the nerves when you give yourself here it's an agony in the nerves oh it is paining oh it is aching well open and give and see what happens his darkness muttered perishing in her blaze afar he fled fled shunning her dreaded touch and refuge took in the retreating night so may the night retreat no be vanquished light has come and darkness is smitten and eaten up by the light thank you